Hello, I'm Neil Quigley and welcome to the latest episode of my podcast. This week we talk carnivals, beer festivals and air displays. Plus, hear old interviews from a member of the Bootleg Beatles and the great Joan Armatrodian. All on the way this week. Thanks for listening and enjoy. I think growing up in Buckinghamshire near Aria of Halter that used to have an annual air show, I've always been a bit interested in military planes. The Red Arrows and some of the fast jets and even the classic planes always used to catch my attention. Not far from Yeovil is RNAS Yeovilton, which is a naval air base. Now, once a year, they always had a massive big air show, which the radio station always used to go to and cover. We used to take our vehicle down there and we used to chat to people. We used to broadcast live. It was lots of fun. It was great. And we also always got a really good spot to watch the displays. In fact, one year, I was lucky enough to be invited along to the launch day, which was a couple of weeks before the actual event. And they put on a mini air display with some helicopters and a couple of planes for literally just 10 members of the media and we got really close it was fantastic the actual air show itself though was always spectacular they always put on a good show it always featured the red arrows and the red arrows you normally see them at displays you see them arrive in the sky you see them leave in the sky at Yeovilton because the runway is so big you actually get to see the red arrows land and take off which to me that just kind of completes the whole display and it means you get to see them nice and close as well also there I've got to see Harrier displays the Harriers in action I know they've been out of service now for a few years and I know they've been around for years but it still amazes me to see a plane that can hover like a helicopter just blows my mind and they always had some really fast jets whether it be the Eurofighters or the Tornadoes and I just amazed by the noise and how those jets look when they fly by I saw a fantastic jet display one year and it was just one jet on his own, flying around the sky. I think it was a Eurofighter or something. It was absolutely sensational. So at the time, somebody at the radio station was going out with a helicopter pilot at the station who had been there for quite some time. So when it was air show day, they got to meet all the people who were performing because they stayed at the airbase. They got to mingle. So I just watched this amazing Eurofighter display Really, really great stuff. Jet flying all over the place, loot the loops, the noise of the afterburners. Oh, it just looked fantastic. Fast forward about half an hour later, we're walking across the airfield and this guy, the helicopter pilot, points out to me, goes, oh yeah, that's the guy who was flying the Eurofighter. No word of a lie. He looked about 12. He looked like the youngest pilot I've ever seen. I'm thinking, he, that young lad there, was flying that plane like that. It was amazing. I think he was only about 23, 24, but fair play. He was some pilot, would give Han Solo a run for his money. The best bit about the Overton Air Show was always the finale. They always went to town. It was always a spectacular display. Yeovilton is known as a helicopter base. The Westlands Helicopter Factory is just round the corner. It's all linked. It's a big part of the culture, really, helicopters of that part of the world. So the end finale of the air show is always spectacular. It always involved all the helicopters. It involved troops, Land Rovers, tanks being lowered from helicopters. The Euro fighters and jets would come back in and drop fake bombs. There was explosions everywhere. Closest I've ever got to a war scene was watching the end of the Yeovilton Air Show every year. But it was absolutely fantastic. I would definitely love to go back again one year. We had some great fun at those air shows and we had a fantastic place to watch from. I told you we always took our Ivel FM 
broadcast Land Rover there. Well, actually, you can get on the roof of that Land Rover. So I often used to stand on the roof and get up nice and high and get a great view of the planes doing their thing. It was truly spectacular. A lot of fun. And being on the base when they're taking place. You feel so close. You get so close to those planes. It was really, really good fun. Neil Quigley. While working in Yeovil, through my boss, I met a great guitarist called Tom Toomey. Now, he had had a marvellous career. He was an amazing guitarist. He'd actually played for years and years on tour with lots and lots of big bands and artists all over the world. But he was a very established singer, musician, guitarist in his own right. He actually did a tribute to Santana. That was one of the things he was doing when I first met him. Now he is actually in The Zombies. He's the lead guitarist with The Zombies. How cool is that? And he's such a cool and lovely fella as well. The first time I met him and ended up working with him properly was on an event he used to run. Now he has, as I said, played all over the world, seen lots of things, travelled a lot. He set up his own music school in Africa. So for underprivileged kids in Africa, he set up his own charity to make sure they got access to instruments and could learn music and learn and develop through music. So he used to put on a big concert once a year called Music for Africa at Montacute House, which was a lovely big old country house just on the outskirts of Yeovil. Fantastic place. As a man who had been in the music business for many years, he had some great contacts, so he had no problem sorting staging and getting a great lineup of acts. He really did get some fantastic performers. The first year or so I was down in Yeovil, my boss was hosting. I went down, just watched, enjoyed it. It was great. The next year, my boss could only make one of the nights, so I got to host one of the Music for Africa nights at Montacute House, which was fantastic. I had such a great time on stage. It was brilliant fun. I was just there to warm the crowd up at the start, introduce the acts on, take them off, do a bit of filling in between while they were setting the stages for the next act, and raise as much money as we possibly can. We had auctions, and we had a raffle to do as well. It was such a fun night, such a lovely setting as well, and he always used to do them right in the middle of summer. We were so lucky with the music had some fantastic fun doing music for africa and if you do get the chance to see the zombies when they're on tour do keep an eye out for their courtly guitarist tom toomey he's an amazing fella and a great guitarist as well neil quigley i've seen the bootleg beatles twice in my lifetime both times they were brilliant here's me chatting to former george harrison from the band andre barrow there you are very good how are you yeah sparkling <laughs> Excellent stuff. Now let's let's start right back at the beginning. Let's take a bit of a journey through time back to 1980. And mm. can you just tell us how the Bootleg Beatles actually came to be? Well, yeah, um, we actually formed doing a, a kind of musical type thing called Beatlemania, which was in the West End, and that was an American show that came over at the end of '79. Uh, and it didn't last too long. I guess it was a bit too American in its tone. Anyway, that stopped, and we were just left with our fringes and knowing about 35 Beatles songs, so we thought, well, let's see what happens. And what happened was quite a bit, to be fair, in the following <laughs> 30 years. I think it's reasonable to yeah, say. We couldn't have imagined. You know, we thought, this will last about six months and tide us over before we find some other musical jobs out there. And uh, honestly, it's unbelievable that it's gone on for 31 years. It's been incredible. I mean, We've done the Albert Hall, I can't think of how many times, as the headline act on the London Palladium. And we've, we've even played on the roof of Apple. You know, we're the only band ever, apart from the real Beatles, to have done that. So we've played in front of George Harrison and Paul McCartney, George Martin. I mean, it has been an amazing event, the Bootleg Beatles. To do what you've done for so long, I mean, I, you, I take it you're a Beatles fan, to say the least. <laughs> the very least, yeah. I, I love the Beatles. I love them from when I was a kid and um, 
I'm really, as all the band are, I'm really into getting right deep inside the Beatles' music. There's such great musicians at playing their music, and you have to really try and unlock what they're doing to make it sound like the Beatles. It isn't just a question of, here's the chords, and you strum along and sing a bit like them, and it sounds like them. You have to go a lot, lot deeper than that. We want the audience to have fun. That's the main thing at our gig. So we want to be a driving band, most important probably of all, a believable Beatles band, but also you know, the audience can have fun and, and, and let themselves go. What can we expect from the show? We're dressed up like the Beatles in three or four eras of their life, you know, from the early kind of mop-top stuff through Shea Stadium, Sergeant Pepper and um, the late Beatles. But we also have an orchestra with us, which really, that really helps us then to, to cover songs like Penny Lane or I'm the Walrus. So we can really take the music on. Everybody knows so much of their music, not just the hit tracks, but... B-sides and album tracks, people are shouting out for all kinds of things all over the world. It's just the effect that they have had and continue to have on people is, is mind-blowing, really. The way you perform, is it a case of getting into character a little bit for the shows? Yeah, you, you, we do. I mean, obviously, we've done it for a while, so I know what to do to become George for the bootleg Beatles, and that's a whole physical thing and a vocal. Obviously, I don't speak with this... Uh, slightly lumped southern accent that I've got now when I'm doing that and um, it's a whole thing you know physically you have to be like the guy you're impersonating so it's mimicking the movements and having the guitar the same height that George played through certain eras put a lot of detail into it to try and make it believable because if we went to see a Beatles group I'd expect lots of attention to detail and affection for them because I love them so much so you know if we don't put the detail in then people will take exception to it I guess Andre George Harrison aka from the Bootleg Beatles just lastly why should we come and see the show I think it's a chance to see the Beatles music played live play like a cabaret group you know we don't play like a heavy metal group either but we play with the, we, what we think is the same intensity that the Beatles played with so you know it's not a kind of an apologetic version of the Fab Four, we really go for it. We really want to have the same mood and atmosphere of the Beatles in all the stages of their career. Andre, thanks very much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. They really do put on a fantastic show. It's the closest you're going to get to watching the actual Beatles, seeing the bootleg Beatles. And Andre Burrow is an amazing musician and performer in his own right. Did you know he actually played guitar on the session recording of Robbie Williams' Angels? He's played with Robbie quite a lot and his voice actually sounds quite close to Robbie's. So they've actually used his voice sometimes to redub very small parts of Robbie Records. One in particular where the original album version may have had an expletive and they kind of fancied a more radio-friendly version. Robbie wasn't able to do it. Andre stepped in and did that word and it actually was used on the radio edit. Neil Quigley. Something that I only really experienced properly when I moved down to Somerset was Carnival. Carnival is still absolutely huge down there it's massive a lot of people spend most of their year preparing for carnival getting involved getting their floats ready it's a big thing a big social thing and a big competitive thing as well the carnival clubs can get quite competitive with each other over the carnival season being the local radio station for somerset ivel fm we of course wanted to get along and support as many carnivals as we could and the entire five years i was working down there we went to as many carnivals as we could every single carnival season we either put cars in i've walked a lot of them as well we used to walk doing competitions talking to people handing things out it was lots and lots of fun 
In fact, one year I got to lead one of the carnivals, which was an amazing honour. This involved me walking right at the front of the carnival with a microphone, just warning people the carnival was on the way, saying hello to people, getting them to wave, getting them ready, getting them excited for when the carnival floats came past. It was quite a lot of walking because the distance of carnivals are quite far, but I'm a fit lad, that was fine. But that was lots of fun. We basically walked all the way around. There were bits where I could sit in the car, actually. I did cheat occasionally because there were bits where, quiet bits where we were getting between places where the crowds weren't that big so I did hop in and out of the car occasionally now I did joke with one of the listeners that when I was doing the carnival that I knew he frequented a certain establishment that was on the route a public house now I said for a laugh and he offered to get me a pint at the carnival on the way round now technically it is frowned upon to be drinking while you are in a carnival procession I say frowned upon, I think it's almost illegal to be drinking in this situation. Fair play to him though, he fought to that. He did get me a pint, but he got it in an enclosed cup, so you couldn't actually see what I was drinking. So thank you very much to that listener. I managed to have a pint while I was leading the child carnival. And to be honest, it came at the right time. It was about halfway through, and I just needed a lift. You know, my voice had been used for quite some time on the route round. Needed a bit of lubrication, and it seemed to work. The carnivals were always lots of fun, although we did make the mistake one year of giving out sweets when we were walking around in the carnival. So we were handing out sweets with a radio station name on, which seems a good idea, seems a nice thing to do. But what happens nowadays when you do things like that is those sweets come raining back at you, which made it a bit more exciting than it needed to be necessarily. I have mentioned before, with great affection, of course, the Ivel FM Land Rover, which was our outside broadcast vehicle. Well, I think we put that in a couple of the carnivals. We always had it to drive through. We also had sales promotional cars, which we often put in as well, just for a bit of branding so people could see us, people could see we were there, supported it. I don't know exactly how this happened. I can't remember how we even entered it, but somehow our Land Rover, which was never vintage, but our Land Rover finished second in the vintage vehicle competition of one of the carnivals. I think we even got a £5 cash prize, which, to be fair, didn't go very far, even for drinks, because we normally used to take a team of between 8 and 10 out to the carnivals. I would say that if you're ever around the Somerset area, between the end of September and the beginning of November, try and catch a carnival. They are spectacular. Those floats, the effort, the music, the makeup, the costumes, it is just sensational. They last a good hour, hour and a half, and a good place to watch, I often find, is from a pub. You can see everything and really enjoy the night. Neil Quigley. I was lucky enough around six years ago now to have a conversation with the great Joan Armour Trading just before she set out on a big UK tour, a tour on which she planned on giving local artists the chance to shine and perform with her. Here's what happened when I spoke to her. That's a mouthful. It is. You've done a lot, you see, that's the thing. You, of course, have been in the music business for many years now. I can tell you how many. Next year will be 40. Enjoyed every minute? I have, actually. Thank you. How did you actually get started in the music industry? How did it it, it all start for you? I was very lucky, actually. And, of course, yes, I appreciate talent is, is in there, but luck played a part of it. And wherever I took my songs, I was always offered the contract. So I didn't go through that rejection side that a lot of artists seems to have gone through but once you've got your contract then of course it's hard work you've got to do the performances you've got to write the songs you've got to do all the interviews and and kind of build up so it's not it's not an easy road once you've got a contract you could quite easily i guess sit back on your laurels take it a bit easy hide yourself away in the studio but i'll know you're heading back out on tour next year for a massive tour what can we expect from the tour will you be playing the hits we know you for what can we look out for i've been really really fortunate but I've lucked out on the, the type of people who like my music because they allow me to play old songs and play new songs. 
and it's the new songs that's really important because I'm happy to play Love and Affection. I've played it at every single concert that I've ever done. It's never not been in my repertoire, but I must be allowed to play whatever is the new thing as well. So I'd imagine they'd lock the doors and wouldn't let you out until you played Love and Affection, unfortunately, just because it was such a, you know, <laughs> a big song for you. It's one of those things, you've always done it, you're always going to have to do it. I love playing Love and Affection. I'm not fed up of it at all. I, I look forward to playing it. I really seriously enjoy doing it. I love how the audience reacts to it. I love that it's the, still the song that gets the biggest reaction of the night. It's it's brilliant. So Joan was very much enjoying touring and performing her old and new songs at that time. And as I said, on this tour, she was going to give somebody from each of the areas where she was performing the chance to come on stage and play for 15 minutes. Here's her talking about the idea behind that and what she was looking for. The people that I'm given the opportunity to come on stage with me to come and perform before I come on stage, they just want to be able to say, I'm a singer-songwriter. This is what I do. I'm Please take me seriously as a kind of a creative person. And certain people like that, th- that type of show isn't really for them. That type of show isn't offering that opportunity anyway. They want to listen and, and appreciate what you're doing in that kind of a way and get really connected with it. That's a great thing about being a songwriter that you hear people say, that song means this to me. I played it at my wedding, my daughter's birth. I've named my daughter after your song. All of those things, you know, it's the best, best feeling. The the people who put themselves forward, people will listen to it and I ultimately will be the person who chooses who will be on the stage that night. As part of your UK tour, and they'll get the chance to a 15-minute set at the start of your show, what are you looking for from the performances? Well, I'm looking for somebody that I think is good, who sounds really good, who sounds confident. Just be confident about how you sound. Whatever you play, whether it's country, rock, folk, blues, doesn't matter what it is. You play whatever you play, but just be good at that. Thank you for joining us. Uh, All the best with the upcoming tour and in everything you do. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. That was me in conversation with the lovely Joan Armatrading. What a singer, songwriter and performer. She is fantastic. So supportive, lovely and nice to everyone as well. And in that interview, I think she does give some great advice to all up-and-coming singers and performers. Neil Quigley. There was a great yearly event we used to go to while I was working at Ivel FM in Yeovil called the Newt beer festival it was as it sounds a beer festival but it was actually a big charity event it raised lots and lots of money for the local school it was organized by the councillors by the parents by the people behind the local schools they were doing it for years and years and years it'd been going for about 10 years i think by the time we went for the first time this started off as quite a small event but by the time we were involved with it they were donating 20 pounds to the local school on the back of this one event It was a three-day event, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. There was camping there available and there was lots of music acts as well. They put on some really good tribute acts and some original acts. It was a great, fun event. At the radio station, we used to get involved, so the guys used to come in and talk about it and promote it. We used to give away tickets. They would always go to it at least one night of the year. Normally on the Friday night, me and my boss would get over there and speak to the organiser, have a good time and possibly sample some of the beer. In fact, one night we ended up behind the bar there, helping to serve and give the beer out, which for me was quite an achievement. The only time I came close to working in the bar before, when I was in my early 20s, 
I applied for a bar job, never worked in a pub before, and got this application I saw to work in a local pub. Went and had a meeting with the manager. Basically explained, I never poured a pint or served in a pub before, and I couldn't work Friday or Saturday nights, his two biggest nights. Needless to say, he never got back to me. Mind you, at the New Beer Festival, you couldn't go too far wrong. They didn't worry too much if you took your time pouring the pints. Everybody was friendly, and it was all for charity. It was a lot of fun being behind that bar, and it was always a lot of fun going to that event. Neil Quigley. That's it for this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you do get a chance, do try and catch the Yeovilton Air Show. You will not be disappointed. And if you happen to be in the area at the right time, I would also recommend the New Beer Festival. And if you're in Somerset in October, November, do go and see a carnival. They are spectacular. They are amazing. They are really worth seeing. Also, good to hear from my guests this week, Joan Armour Trading and Andre Barrow from the Bootleg Beatles. As I said, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Have a great seven days. Be kind to each other. Stay safe. And I'll speak to you next week. Thanks. Bye-bye.